our actions, who we are, what we bring to the table might seem really small, but maybe it is just that that one thing that then contributes and, and helps us to shift to a different way of being as humanity, which is quite honestly what we need to do and what I do believe is possible. Welcome to The Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting-edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. All right, so let's dive in and get started. Today's guest on the show is Luby McNamara. Luby is a respected international teacher, practitioner, and author. Her first book, People and Permaculture, launched the social permaculture movement globally, expanding the focus of permaculture to people care as well as earth care. And then her most recent book is Cultural Emergence, a toolkit for transforming ourselves and our world, which was published earlier this year in 2021. Luby lives in Herefordshire, I think I'm hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, Herefordshire with her partner and her daughters. Um, they have a stunning 20 acre small holding called Applewood Permaculture Center, which is an education and demonstration center. It sounds amazing. We'll get into that a little bit later, but welcome to the show, Luby. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. All right. Very, very nice. So she's coming all the way from Herefordshire. Um, so, so Luby, you know, your, your, your most recent book, Cultural Emergence is amazing. And, you know, one of the things is there's a right now in the world, obviously there's a lot of disillusionment, um, about the human race right now. There's a lot of pessimism, a lot of darkness. However, your book is filled with so much hope. That was like the big thing that I took away so much hope. Um, do you so do you sort of feel that hope right now, Luby? Yes, and I, I definitely um feel that we're in an emergent process at the moment in the world and we don't know where it's going to progress to. Um it feels like we're still in the middle of the process. And so that is an opportunity for all of us to engage, engage in our own gifts, engage in our own visions for ourselves as well as our communities and I mean I don't I wouldn't like to um say that you know I'm this perfect hopeful person and just you know fully optimistic all the time because I do still engage with what's happening in the world and do have some you know realism on the problems that we're facing and they are they are big, they are complex, they are ingrained, they are a web of problems. Um, and so, you know, they, I, I can definitely know that at any moment I could slip into that dark, disillusioned, um, depressed <laughs> state that you were talking about is, you know, I'm, I'm aware of it. Um, and I'm also aware that I have privileges that enable me to be hopeful um, and also I actively engaged the tools of cultural emergence to keep myself hopeful to keep myself in a positive mental state um, and to 
really lean into the tools to really lean into the awareness of culture, the sensing systems, the connection practices, the appreciation, the creative expression, all of those things that when done regularly, they can support us. And so I'm a, I, I can, you know, feel myself as a sort of barometer of how much have I been doing these practices. And when I slip, you know, into a bit of a more um, disillusioned place, then it's like, okay, what can I do now to support me? Mm. And so that, that's really uh, maybe the difference is that I know that there are tools that can support me and I use the tools. You know, Luby, you, you know, you've mentioned as well that, you know, this is a this is obviously a very unique time in history. And I thought it was really fascinating how you said that there are really these three stories that are happening. The story of business as usual, the story of the great unraveling and the great and, and the story of the great turning. And I'd love maybe for you to just give a little insight into what you mean by those three things all happening right now. Yeah, well, firstly, I'd like to share that they that um, model comes from Joanna Macy in the work The Reconnect. So something that I, you know, put in my book from her work. And it it's really there's evidence of all of those stories at once. You can look in the media and you can find stories maybe not we're not so much in the business as usual at the moment but you can see the effort to get back to business as usual and just like the idea that you know what we're doing as humanity collectively at the moment is fine and we should just carry on you know with the um the growth model and just yeah it's all fine the you know this is what development is this is what's happening it's all fine just carry on um doing what we're doing and um and then there's evidence all around us of the great unraveling of the ecological and social collapse and the domino effect that that could have that unraveling where you, you know you pull at one string and it all um collapses around us and and you know we had definitely evidence of that when the pandemic first hit and we weren't sure well does that mean we will still have food does that mean we still will have a postal system and I remember asking that um of someone where when you know when it was obvious we were going to go down into lockdown I was like well you know does that mean we're gonna be I'm gonna be able to post books out um and uh, you know and it's a big question it's, it's like which systems could go down you know as as one system goes down that affects the other systems affects the others where does that stop which ones will be held up which ones will we say yep yeah, that's on pause now um and certainly before the pandemic we probably a lot of us wouldn't have guessed what would have gone on pause and what wouldn't have done. Yeah, so let's get, get, let's get to the interesting story then, which is the story of, of the great turning. And um, 
it's interesting that, um, and I have a little visual of this, which maybe I'll include so you can put it in the show notes, of this, this little shift from where we are now, just, ma- just making that shift, um, just, you know, 10 degrees, turning our head 10 degrees. Actually, when you look at, take that forward into the future, that is a massive shift from where we would be to following this 10 degree different path. And so the great turning can be composed of these really small acts, these small shifts of attention, these small um, mindset shifts that happen, these paradigm shifts. And I think during the pandemic, this is what's happened. There's been paradigm shift after paradigm shift, and we've been really aware of what is what behavior or some of the behaviors we have that are culturally conditioned that are not necessarily innate behaviors that we always need to follow. And so that's given a whole shift of attention. Um, and perspective to us and so these small acts could actually move us into quite a radically different place if we allow them to and if they converge with each other and become this bigger story and I think what's interesting with what Joanna Macy says is that all three stories are happening simultaneously so you don't need we don't need to get caught up in arguments with each other about which story is happening or which story is going to win out really it's about which story do we want to inhabit which story do we want to give our attention to which Mm. story serves us so for me the story of the great turning serves my emotional health Um, it serves my life purpose to feel that I'm here on this planet at this time to serve the story of the great turning and and that it gives me agency and hope Mm. that's great I love that Um, you know you, you wrote in your book um that culture is really a story we tell of who we are and what we mm-hmm. value. And it's, it's, it's great because you, you say that, you know, cultural emergence supports us in designing the world we want to live in. And I love that whole idea of being able to design the world that we want to live in. And it, it really spoke to me, Luby, about really the power of intention and not just simply showing up and, you know, experiencing things as they are, but actually designing and in, and and setting that intention is it was that was that part of your idea there sort of the power of intention yes definitely definitely that is part of what we need when we're trying to manifest something through design and action is that intention and that intention comes through the design and then the action as well and the effectiveness of that action when we know what the effect is we're trying to have, so i.e. our intention and our design, then we can move move effectively towards it. And, um, and the other thing is that when we say we design the world we want to live in, so coming back to the culture part of it, is that 
So we're say, saying these three stories, which is the story we want to ha- inhabit? What's the story that we're being told as well? And what are the choices we make? So our media very much focuses on um, the business as usual um, story. And so we can get caught in that story and then that kind of culturally conditions us into what we think is possible. And so when we when we break out of that and we would say, okay, well, actually, let's design something different. We need to be aware of the cultural context. And it's also, we tend to think of culture as this thing that's really outside of us, this bigger thing that's immovable, that's just kind of, it's just there. So we think tend to think of culture as this big thing, this big immovable thing that's outside of us that is um, not something that we can shift or change. But I I have this uh, working definition of uh, culture as being this uh, complex web of seen and unseen patterns of behavior and thinking and um, interacting as well and feeling. And this complex web is something that we all have a unique complex web of. So we all have our unique personal culture um, that we are um, that that we have and we can influence and we can design for and we can make changes to our our patterns. Mm. Yeah. And that that's great and and I know you've you've asked the question you know what patterns do we want to disrupt and change and what patterns are helpful and maybe i guess we're discovering a lot of patterns that that we want to change that we need to change right yeah absolutely absolutely we've we've all had this pattern disruption time over the last 18 months where patterns that we thought were you know, we're, we're stuck, the only way of doing it, or we weren't even conscious of these patterns, they just were. Um, and then suddenly, it's like, oh, well, now they're not there anymore. <laughs> and, mm. and a whole new way of being has come in, which then makes us question other patterns. Mm. Um, absolutely. And, and you also you write about these three phases of cultural emergence, which are really, really intriguing. Um, the first is challenge and awaken, then move and invigorate, and then lastly, nourish and empower. How, how do those phases, um, Luby, relate to, you know, sort of creating this culture that we want to design? Mm. It's about balance of the phases and those phases being um, in specific balance with us. And they allow us to evolve our, our culture, evolve our, evolve our patterns, our, our complex web of patterns um, to really allow something new to emerge. And I think of this fertile emergence so that it's something that emerges that is productive and nourishing for us. And so though these phases when they're in balance over time they allow for this fertile emergence and and i know you've you you've you've said before that um 
Well, well, maybe just give a sense of just briefly, Luby, maybe just the just a brief sort of rundown of, you know, what you mean by challenge and awaken, move and invigorate, nourish and empower, just so people can wrap their heads around them. Yeah. So the challenge and awaken is when we sort of come into awareness of culture, awareness of our patterns, awareness of our mindset, and that they're, they're challenged in some ways. We, so we get to see what they are and actually our thinking expands and our awareness expands but it can be challenging that stretching um and we we don't want too much of it because it can lead to overwhelm you know and i'm sure you know many uh, of your listeners will uh, relate to this when they've just had too much of the statistics about climate change of you know and the destruction of the earth it's just like okay well that's you know awoken me to the challenge you know the challenges we face and what's happening but there is a point at which it's like okay that's enough I've, you know it's it, it no longer kind of has meaning with me because I'm full um and and then we've got the move and invigorate is where we sort of go from this awareness of things need to shift and things are possible to shift to okay well how do I want to move forward in this so how what, what might be the designs or the projects I want to do how can I increase my effectiveness what's the visioning of this future that I would like to inhabit but of course, if we do too much of that project, um, then that leads to burnout. You know, with too much moving and invigorating, it's just like, okay, I'm a bit I'm burnt out now. And then we have the nourish and empower phase where we connect to ourselves, we connect to each other, we connect to the more than human world, we um, connect with our gifts and self-care and it's about listening to others and appreciating others as well and so that kind of fills us up but then if you have too much of that you can then get too comfortable and not um you know not aware enough of other people's problems and um you know just a bit too much in our comfort zones so we do need the challenge and awaken to relate to other people and realize about you know the inequalities and the privileges and uh, you know and that we're all part of the system that needs changing so um yeah so we need those phases in balance that's great and and i love how your book how you refer to your book as a toolkit <laughs> that's 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 yeah. awesome um because we need tools we need healing tools and um luby maybe tell us tell tell us some of the most important tools in your personal toolbox well that's an interesting question um i i think i think from the move and invigorate um phase it's it's around design and the design web and also about being effective and so being very aware of what i'm doing at any moment am i procrastinating uh, you know do i need to get off the computer and go for a walk or do, do i you know vice versa if i kind of is my body tired and i need to do something more restful and so at any time to be aware of is my energy flowing in the direction i want it to flow in am i 
you know, am I resting today? Is that the effect I want to have? So it's not all about doing, but it's all about knowing what is the effect I want to have and 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 making sure that that is where the direction I'm moving in. And then um, in the nourish and empower phase, I think it, it's about creative expression, actually, and then being able to do something, whether it's colouring or, um, you know, a- anything simple that turns, as, as David Holmgren says, from a passive consumer to an active producer. So I think human beings are meant to, we're meant to use our hands and fiddle and create and craft and weave and whittle. And, you know, we're not necessarily meant to sit around (laughs) all day long um, chatting. We're, you know, we're, uh, as, uh, you know, as our ancestors would have known, it's like that would be just a waste and, you know, the weaving our own clothes takes time, harvesting the herbs takes time. And so you do that as you're talking. And so I think that's one of my tools just to make sure my hands are doing something useful uh, or not even useful, something creative, something making something. So um, and it doesn't need to be much. It can be doodling and um, but just that sort of act of creation is I find really useful. Mm. Um, and then pattern disruption is also one of the tools that I find really useful to kind of shake things up and um, try new things out and make sure I don't get stuck in ruts. Mm. Mm. That's, that's, that's great. Um, so is that something you consciously do just to, you'll just just disrupt the, 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 the habitual patterns that, that come up again and again, just do something totally different. Yeah. And just like trying to use my different, a different hand for something or just trying to walk a different way. Um, and just being aware when I'm doing something without awareness, actually, and trying to bring it up into awareness and be like, okay, this is what's, what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So speaking of using your hands and all of that, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit about Applewood Permaculture Center. This is your, this is your place. Um, And just tell us a little bit how it came to be. Mm. Well, myself and my partner, Chris Evans, we've been visioning since we, um, since our early days of permaculture about having our own place where we can run courses and, um, and we we spent a long time thinking about it, and then we did go through a design process, the design web that's in cultural emergence, and um, went through that process to find land, and and then, and then actually we found land, but without a house, and then it's like, okay, actually our family need needs the house, and then we found this place, and um, I mean it was definitely a process of manifestation and being clear in our intent of what we wanted to do and what we didn't want to do um that we wanted to run courses and we didn't want to run a you know market garden um but we wanted the land uh, uh, as a sanctuary for people and wildlife and yeah it's a gorgeous place we have here with loads of 
a whole community of beings of owls and badgers and bats and uh, ravens and yeah, dragonflies, lots of different beings um, share this land here with us. And I feel very honored to be here and people really love it when they come here. Yeah. Mm, sounds beautiful. Well, I hope to get back to the UK. I was there in 2019. I would love to love to check this place out. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we haven't done quite as much in the last couple of years as you can imagine with the courses right. we've managed to squeeze a few things in um and out, outdoor things in the summer but next year fingers crossed we will be running um courses again here oh i hope so i hope so um that would be great um luby for anybody listening who's feeling a little powerless and hopeless if they were sitting with you if they were at applewood with you what would be one thing that you would tell them that they can do today to maybe take their life in a new direction? Oh, wow. That's a, That's big, a big question. <laughs> it is a big question, isn't it? And, and probably if they were here, I would probably spend some time listening to them um, before trying to give solutions uh, because I think that's that even just that act of listening to someone can transform them and and help them to move on to the next part themselves when when they felt heard in their you know in their disillusionment or whatever stories and situations are attached to that so then then it's then it's questioning as well and finding out what their what their gifts are and what their strengths are and Maybe there's one concern that they have that they could focus on, that they could do something positive around um, and find some solutions. And I think for each of us, it's about finding our own gifts and finding ways in which we can then offer our gifts into the world. So that's through... um, what John Young, who uh, collaborated with me on the cultural emergence toolkit, what he calls inner tracking. So where are our gifts? Where are the, um, maybe it's something joyful that we enjoyed as a, as a child, or maybe we just need to go on any learning journey that can then support us to find other gifts and just to also be gentle with ourselves, to not to try and um, suppress the feelings and and deny the feelings we have, to acknowledge them and accept them and then say, yes, but that's not the whole story. (laughs) There There is other things that can happen here and maybe I can contribute something to that story of the great turning. And one of the, I know this, you asked for one thing and it's, it's like, oh, it's quite a big <laughs> question. But um, one of the things that I find most hopeful about emergence is this idea of non-linearity. And so it, it's like when we're whipping cream um and you know you're whipping cream and you're there for ages and you feel like your arm's about to fall off and it just looks exactly the same as it did 
And then all of a sudden it shifts, doesn't it? And it's like, oh, now it's, you know, it's it's stiff and it's whipped cream here. And it so it's all the actions that have happened before, the effort that's before, it's all there building under the surface, and then it it surface and something shifts and it's it can seem all of a sudden like or when you like you're learning to ride a bike and it's like no nothing's happening nothing's happening and then all of a sudden it clicks and you can do it and so our actions who we are what we bring to the table might seem really small but maybe it is just that that one thing that then contributes and and helps us to shift to a different way of being as humanity which is quite honestly what we need to do and what I do believe is possible. Mm, I love that. Luby, if my final question, if, if you could travel back in time, say 30 years or so, what words of wisdom would your, your current self share with your younger self? Oh, I think I would be, I think I would enjoy my my older self would say, enjoy where you are and accept when, you know, be present with where you are rather than always thinking about the future and to be creative and joyful with that and to really, um, I mean, I got kind of, I was quite in mainstream um, education and I look back and think, yeah, that did kind of narrow me somewhat so my you know my older self would be would have encouraged a bit more creativity and letting go and pattern disruption probably yeah mm-hmm. nice um luby last last thing um people that want to learn more about you want to learn more about your work and your workshops where should they go yeah, I've got a website, um, cultural-emergence.com, and I've got online courses. You can get books directly from me, and there's also links to places you can get them in other countries. Chelsea Green in the States has got my books, um, and but you can get signed copies from me. I do online courses. I do courses at Applewoods. I've got videos and podcasts you can engage in. And if you sign up for my newsletter, um, you get a free uh, ebook of my book, Seven Ways to Think Differently. Beautiful. And we'll, we'll add all that to the show notes. So Luby, all the way from Herefordshire, I'm here in Framingham in the, U- in the U.S. I know there's a Framingham in the U.K., but, um, you know, Luby and I were saying we were both feeling a little low energy. But, you know, there's something that happens when you connect with someone and you speak to them. And um, your book and your, your work is so energizing. So, so thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, thank you for having me. And yeah, definitely um, for everyone that's listening, just yeah, keep the hope and keep it active for yourself as well. And when you're feeling hopeful as well, ripple out to other people. Thank you for listening to The Drew Perlman Show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of Mark Twain, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, and catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, discover, and stay well, everyone.